church in the middle of a series at the moment. It's a series on uh, knowing God. That's what we're talking about at the moment. And what a great way to start the year by knowing God. Amen. I'll try it again. Amen. Amen. There we go. Okay. So I know it's early, but we'll get there by the end of today. Um, we spoke last week about the goodness of God. The week before, we spoke about the glory of God. And today, we're going to be talking about the generosity of God. And, you know, I've just been thinking about that. You know, the, God's glory. We've been looking at His goodness last week and today, His generosity. And I'm kind of just, as, I'm, as I've just was preparing this week's message, I've been looking at His glory again, been looking at His goodness again, and looking at His generosity again. And I'm, and I'm noticing just how these all just kind of flow into one another. It's hard to talk about His generosity without His goodness, or it's hard to look at His glory without His generosity. It's like they all kind of tie together. And that's really what I want this sermon series to do for you. I really want it to be something that all fits together and molds your shape and your perception of who God is. There, there's not, the picture that you have of God is the most important picture that you carry in your soul. If, if He is distant, you will live a distant life from Him. If, if He is generous, you will be able to tap into His generosity. If He's good, then you'll be able to tap into His goodness. Um, so it's important that we have, we have the right image of our God. Amen? That we think correctly about God. Do you know, Jesus said this, he said, the time is coming and even now is when the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in, okay, can you say that scripture? God is looking for those who will seek, worship him in, and, and in truth, spirit, worship, you have to be filled with the spirit of God, because God is spirit, and truth, all right, very important that there's truth in our worship, you know, even today in Durban, there's lots of worship taking place in different places. But is it worship that's based on the truth? And is it a true picture of God? That's, you know, if we want to worship God, it has to be in truth as well as, as just in the Spirit. So, so really what we're doing is we're, we're getting a true picture of God. The most important picture that you carry is, is who is God. If I had to ask you, who is God? You, you should say He's glorious. He's good. He's generous. These are things that should come out of you when you think about God. Amen. Amen. Oh, let's try it again. Amen. Amen. I, was, I, was, I was sneaky. I just put it in there, but some of you were awake, like the front row. <laughs> um, can, we, can we pray for a moment before we get into the Word? Father, we, we love you. You're amazing. You are so good. You are so glorious. You are so generous. Lord, I, I don't even know how to encapsulate your generosity into a sermon. It's, it's just so far-reaching and so wide, and we just so don't understand it. I don't even know how I could even capture it in just the small time that we have available this morning. But I pray that your Spirit would come and help me in my weakness and that, Lord, you would take these words and you would make them revelation to us. Lord, I believe you're able to do more than me in this moment, God. You're able to take this word, put it in our hearts in such a way that it can bear tremendous fruit, Father God. That it can really change the course and direction of our lives. Lord, we want to leave here this morning with a foundation under our feet that says, you are generous. And un- just a unshakable foundation in our prayer life, 
in our, in our faith life, as we go to work, as we, as we do life, God, we, we, just that the foundation of the fact that you're generous would be there in us, Lord. That every doubt, every question we have, Lord, I pray in this message that you would, you would drive it away, Father God. That you would, that you would cause it to disappear like, like the sun causes the clouds to disappear and, and just evaporate, Lord. May, may the light of your truth come upon our, our hearts this morning. And may the, the clouds of doubt and despair and hopelessness, Lord, may they be removed from our lives. And may we see with clarity how generous you really are to us. Amen. Um, so what we're going to do this morning, we're going to just start off with some slides and, we, and then just laying a foundation for God's generosity. Just just so that we understand what it is and how we measure it. Um, and then what are we going to do is we're going to just focus in one aspect of his generosity. We're just going to go into just one part of it, and we're going to look at that in more detail this morning. So, Avi, if you wouldn't mind just maybe going to the next slide over here. We'll just start with a couple slides this morning. Okay, can you all read that out loud? Can you? God. This was actually a billboard in a city in Korea. Um, there was this Christian organization, and they were just trying to, you know, they were just trying to put God out there to, to the population. And this was a real billboard on the side of a highway that said, can you imagine the price of air if it was brought to you by another supplier? Um, I think that is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant question. Because, you know, when you're driving along the highway, what do you see? You see all these billboards, and they're advertising stuff, aren't they? You know, like photocopiers or, I don't know, cool drinks or, or whatever they are. But all of those things come at a, at a price. They're out there. They're advertising out there because, because there's a price, okay, attached to them. But air is, is free this morning. Um, how many of you, I'm going to give away my age here this morning. How many of you remember... Um, when they first started selling bottled water. Do, do, do you remember when that came out? Were you, were, do you remember the shock? <laughs> do you remember that? It was almost insulting, wasn't it? Huh, bottled water, I have to pay for water. There was this like moment. Some of you guys, you don't know what that means that, because it's all, you've always seen bottled water. For us, there was a moment where the, the bottle, we didn't used to bottle water. It was crazy to us that water was actually, are you kidding me? Do you actually bottle water and then you put it in a fridge and sell it with a Coca-Cola? It was like insane. It was almost insulting when, when bottled water came out. Um, and, and, and why? Because, of what, because water is it's, it's freely available. It was given to us freely uh, available. Um, but don't be surprised it's not anymore. Now it's, we need bottled water, right? But don't be surprised if we have to start paying for air one day. <laughs> we don't want to, but, but there, there might come a day, and, and they're really talking about it in some cities, um, that, that we might actually have to start paying for, for air. And what are we going to pay for air? Maybe you're going to pay for lights, you pay for water, you pay for your air. You know, can you imagine? <laughs> The point is this, is that everything at the hand of man costs something. But at the hand of God, there's a lot of free things, which we don't sometimes appreciate until we actually have to start paying for them at the hand of man. Isn't that true? A lot of free things out there that God gives us. You know, the, the Bible says this. It says that the earth is the Lord's. 
okay, and the fullness thereof it. But in Genesis, it says that God gave the earth to man. What a gift, I thought. You know, when I was thinking about that, God, He just gave it to us. He didn't say, okay, man, I'm going to give you the earth, but it's going to be on higher purchase, all right? I'm going to give it to you at a low interest rate over time, maybe after like maybe, you know, a thousand generations. I want this to be paid off, okay? You know, the gold and I'm putting it all in there. I'm putting everything, but you're going to pay it off as we go over time. He, he actually didn't do that. He made it, the fullness of it, rich with raw materials, rich with minerals, rich with free, awesome water and air and oxygen, everything, food, stuff growing on trees that we can just eat. It's all there. And he just gave it to us. It's like, yeah, have this, enjoy this. Um, and, and that's a really, Amazing picture of, of this generous God that sometimes we so often overlook. Sometimes we so overlook that. So often we just, we just walk outside and we, we just take things for granted, the trees for granted. We just take these things for granted, but they were actually made with you in mind. And they were actually given to you as a gift by God, something you, you don't actually have to pay for it. You know, we, you know, sometimes, you know sometimes when people give you things, you, you feel like you have to pay for them. Because that mindset is so in us. Like we have to, if someone gives you something, you're like, oh, how much can I give you for that? You know, and they say, no, it's free. You're like, almost, what? It's like, there's nothing free. <laughs> and then we, we think about that with, with, our, with our economy, but, but we, we ignore the, the context of which our economy lies in. And that is the context of a planet that's just been given to us. And what we do as men is we carve up this planet and then we sell it on to each other, you know, and there's always a price attached to it and everything. But originally God gave it and he gave it for free. He gave it to us to enjoy. Um, take, a, take a look at this picture, for example, okay? This is a picture of a New York apartment. Okay, this apartment will cost you $80 million, all right? Why does it cost so much? Is the floor made out of gold? Is it the golden furniture? What, why does it cost $80 million? How many rands is that anyway? $80 million times 14. So come on, someone, someone. We're the, we're the maths people here this morning. <laughs> Somebody's calculated it. Shout it out. $1.2 billion. Thank you, Malcolm. Finance Committee. Let's give it up for Finance Committee. All right. <laughs> You're clapping, but you don't know if he's right. Eh? So, so just check it out. Let's just check us out. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll give you... You know what? The exchange rate's changing all the time. We'll give you a, we'll give you a gap on that one. <laughs> Why is it 80 million bucks? Because there's such a beautiful view. Not because there's such amazing furniture in it. Because it's got, a, it's got an incredible view over Central Park. And so what you're paying for there is you're paying for the view. You're paying for the view. $80 million for that view in New York City. Okay. But then I got thinking, well, what about other views like this that we see every single day that are absolutely free of charge? Imagine if God had to start putting a price tag on sunsets. It's like, you go, no, 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 you can't look at this one. You can't look at this one. Fifty bucks. And, and you know what? If it's like a summer and it's beautiful and seasons are changing or everything, it's extra if you want to look at this thing. And then we, we can't look at it until we pay or something like that. 
But he puts on every single night almost this incredible display of beauty for us, this incredible view. Think how many views. How many of you have been to Drakensberg and walked around the mountains and things like that? How many views, how many things do you see that are just beautiful, that are free of charge? And, and we, sometimes we don't, we don't appreciate that. But we'll pay $80 million for an apartment that looks over a concrete jungle. Love New York, but it is a jungle of concrete. You know, th- this is, I want, I want to highlight for us this morning the difference between man and God. Everything but with us costs something. There's a price tag attached to it. And a lot of us get into this mindset of, well, it should just be free anyway with God. Why? Why should it just be free with Him anyway? When we, when we expect to, to charge and pay for our, for our, for our stuff, the, why, why is it, no, no, He's God, He must do that, you know? I, w- I want you to see He's generous. I want you to see that He's, he's a giving God, that he, and He gives extravagantly and incredibly. Um, the opening scripture I have for us this morning is in Romans 8, verse 32. It'll come up. It says the following. It says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Can we read it together? Let's go. He who did not spare his own son. If, if we are looking for a reference point for the generosity of God, we can go to creation and we can go to sunsets and we can go to oxygen and air and bananas. We can, we can, okay? I mean, he made the banana, guys. Come on, who's grateful, you know? Who's grateful, you know? <laughs> um, we can go to those things to look for the generosity of God. But if we really want to see how extravagant he is, or how generous he is, the place we go is to Jesus. This is what the scripture is saying. Jesus, the fact that he didn't spare his own son. Now, I can kind of understand this, having two sons of my own. Like, you could ask me for many things. You can ask me for a lot of things of my possessions. I could, I could give and part quite easily with them. But if you had to ask me for one of my sons, that's when you start stepping on my toes. You know, that's, that's when, like, you're asking a little bit too much here. But God is so rich in generosity that he didn't even stop with his family. <laughs> he didn't even stop with his own son. The, yeah, sure, he gives all the other things. But with, even with his own son, the perfect son of God, the architect of the universe, the one, his pride, his joy, the one he delights in, the one he just favors above anything else. There's just such a love relationship between Jesus and the Father. The Father loves the Son. There's just so much, there's so much delight that he has in his Son. Even his Son, he is willing to give to a broken, sinful world to pay the price for mankind's sin. That is how generous our God is. That is where generosity is exemplified, personified. That's where generosity is defined, is in the fact that God didn't even spare his own son. And what Paul is trying to communicate to us is that if God did that act of generosity, how much more will he graciously give us all things, freely give us all things? 
Paul is trying to say to us, use Jesus as a reference point when you are wanting to access the generosity of God. When you want to pray to God and you're thinking, God, in in your mind you want to ask for something, in your mind you think, God, Do I deserve this? Does he like me? Will he even give me this thing? Paul is saying, when you have that moment, that doubt, let your thoughts go to Jesus. And remember the fact that God did not even spare his own son, but gave him up. So how much more wouldn't he give you this thing that you need so badly in your life right now as well? Use Jesus as the reference point. Let me explain it to you like this. Imagine if you came and you stayed at somebody's house. I don't know if you've ever stayed at somebody's house and they, they're very hospitable people. Like uh, Linda and I, when we were in New York, we, we, we got put with families. And these families, they just, they just put it on for us, man. Cooking food for us. And in my room, there was like this fruit bowl and with like American chocolates and biscuits. Awesome. Although everything is peanut butter, you know, so peanut butter chocolate, peanut butter biscuits, they, peanut butter is like, like American, you know, <laughs> they love it. Anyway, so, so there's this hospitality and this, and then they say things to you like, listen, you know, just, just mikasa sukasa, the fridge is yours. If you see something there, just go for it. How many of you experienced that? Isn't it great? Take the fridge, uh, the TV remote is yours. Some of you are now like, oh yeah, oh yeah, now they're being generous now. You know? The TV remote's yours, the car's in the garage, the key's over there. That's what, that's what my American family says to me, they, the, the keys are there, if you want to use the car, you can just, I was like, what? You don't even know me, I'm from Africa, do you want to, <laughs> did you trust me like that, you know? Um, <laughs> this is take the car, you know. So, <laughs> so hospitality laid on mikasa sukasa. Everything is yours. And then imagine this: you went back to them a little bit later, and you said, um, "Okay." And then you you went to the bathroom or something, and then you you saw the tap, and you're like, "Oh, maybe when they said all was mine." Maybe they didn't mean the water. Let me go back and check. And you go back to your host and you say, listen, I was just wondering, can I use some water? Just, I want to brush my teeth, wash my face. It's been a long travel. Can I, can I use the water? Wouldn't, wouldn't your host be confused in that moment? Wouldn't your host, I've said, Mikasa Sukasa, my house is your house. That, you know, why are you now asking me about the water? Paul is trying to say something similar to us. How much more, if God has given Jesus, if he hasn't stopped there, how much more will he not give us all these other things that we need in our lives? So why do we doubt the generosity of God so much? Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand for that one. That was good. Um, so let's just define this word generosity this morning, okay? I've got, a, I've got two, two sentences to help define it for you this morning. The first one is this, is generosity is willingly and freely giving what is yours for the benefit of others. It's willingly and freely giving what is yours for the benefit of others. Generosity in its definition is other-focused. 
It's about others being blessed. It's about others having more. It's about others benefiting. Generosity, if, if you're going to have generosity, generosity is not thinking me, myself, and I. Generosity is thinking you, yourself, and you. This must have been another one, but there wasn't. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not me. It's, it's other-focused. And, and this is what we see with God is he's completely us-focused. You know, from, from the beginning to the end of the Bible, this, everything is about us. He creates the earth for who? For us. He sends his son, why? For who? Us. Okay? Then he creates heaven and a redemption and a way out. For who? For us. It's like he's completely us-focused. He's always thinking about our benefit. Always thinking about our benefits. Always thinking about our benefits. How can we benefit? But, but the definition can't stop there. Okay? We, we actually need to add a little bit more because it's possible that you can freely and willingly give what is yours for the benefit of others. But, but what needs to happen in, in order for it to be generosity is that it also has to be above what is expected or common and beyond what is expected. So that will come up as well. It's not giving what is expected or common, but going beyond what is expected. You know, because if you just give freely, willingly for the benefit of others, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's generous. Generous, it only becomes generous when it's above what is expected. Or what is common. Now it's like, whoa, okay, you've given me more than what I've asked for. You've given me more. That's when something suddenly becomes generous. Okay? It's kind of like, you know, I was at the bank recently, and, um, and, we, and we know the bank here. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a pace, it's a place that will test your patience, right? Okay? So there was, I was at the bank recently, and there was this guy who completely lost his cool. And he was like talking to this poor teller, this poor meek young girl, and he was this older man, and he was giving it to her. I mean, he was just like, you feel it? Why do you think that's a dad? The whole bank's like, you, what's going on? Everybody's uneasy, you know. It's just, and he's giving this girl. And you know what I was amazed about? You know when people get, they get so angry that they ask, start asking stupid questions. Like, you do think you're the only bank in this? And you know, it's like, dumb questions, but you know, they, he's angry, that angry, you know? So he's, he's just going for this poor girl. And I was just, what, what amazed me was her response. She did not even get phased. It was like she had been to university to handle bad people she like and she graduated with cum laude a phd you know what i mean she she like came through that university and she was just there looking at this guy you know and he's just you know and she was just like yes sir i understand sir and no i I know we're not the only bank sir and i was like girl you need to stand up and slap that guy you know what i mean just I, I'm going to step in here or something. This is not acceptable. This is like bad, you know. And what, what, was, what was happening there? She was giving more than what's expected. She was going beyond what was coming. She was being extremely generous with this man. She was being extremely generous with him. 
far more generous than most of us would have been in that moment. That would be the moment. I resign. <laughs> Do you think I like this job anyway? You know? <laughs> Do you know the hours I work here? You know, I got kids. I, I would have given it anyway. But, you know, you can see I was feeling it, you know? Um, but, you know, this is the thing with generosity is we can, we, we often think of it only in terms of possessions. But generosity is also, you can be generous in, in patience. You can be generous in kindness. You can be generous with your words. Yeah? You, you can say generous things with your words. You can be generous with your time, even. Isn't that a big one, eh? Hey? So, and you know that person, they come, they, they're the time stealer, you know? <laughs> And 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 and, we, and you can feel the I need to end this conversation quick because <laughs> you have overstayed your time. <laughs> um, but but God is is also generous in patience. He's generous in kindness. He's generous in time. Aren't you glad that God is so generous with patience? I, that's one of the things I always thank God for. Lord, thank you that you are so patient with me. Thank you that you're so patient. He's generous in, in being patient with us. He's, you can be generous with, with knowledge or words as well, uh, or wisdom. Um, take a look at this scripture over here. James 1 verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should what? Wait, wait, wait. If any of you lacks wisdom, what should you do? Ask God. Can you nudge the person next to you and say, have you asked God for wisdom? Just somebody, just check with them. Because wisdom, we normally think we've got to go get another degree. We always think we've got to go for another course. Have you ever pressed in for the wisdom of God? Listen, and it's far greater than the wisdom of this world. We've got to ask God for things, Right? And we've got to value the things that God gives us as well. If you lack wisdom, ask God who does what? He gives generously to all without finding faults and it will be given to you. Um, God gives wisdom generously to those who ask and he does it without finding faults. You know, I, I, I had to look up that phrase and just study it a bit. Without finding faults, I, I found it meant, it meant this, with, with no favoritism, with no rejections, and with no exceptions. That's what it means. So if you, this is the thing with God, is, is if you ask for the right thing, <laughs> there's, he gives it no exceptions, no rejections, and, 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 with, and generously, that's what he gives. But there's a catch to that, is we, we need to ask for the right thing. <laughs> Amen. 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 Haven't you found that so much of our asking centers around the wrong things? Often we don't actually even know what we need. We, we're pressing into God, God, I need this thing, I need this, 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 whatever financial thing. Actually, what you really need is wisdom. You know? Actually, what you really need is God's power to come through. Actually, you know, there's, there's, sometimes we're asking for the wrong things. James, in James chapter 4, it says, we ask, well, we don't have because we don't ask. Okay, we don't have, why? 
Okay, so the point is you must ask, right? We don't have because we don't ask. And then he says, and then we, when we do ask, we ask amiss. In other words, we ask for the wrong things because we actually rooted in a love for the world. And so therefore we, we're asking, but our asking is the wrong stuff and the wrong heart and the wrong motivation and therefore it asks amiss. And I kind of think of like, you know, like if you're aiming an arrow and it was like a flawed arrow with a bent to one side. So as you shoot it, it just goes whoo, to the left. Kind of like, you know, the Springboks this season. And it goes, whoo, misses the poles, you know. Um, there, you ask, you, you're putting in all the efforts, you're doing it like what you think is all the right thing, but it's going, it's kind of missing the mark. Why? Because your asking is actually not for the right thing. You're asking amiss. Your, your asking is rooted in, in selfish gain. It's rooted in materialism. It's rooted in the love of this world. It's not rooted in a kingdom mentality. It's not uh, in alignment to what God is doing in your life and what he wants to do through your life. It's just you're asking because you, like everyone's got one. So I must have an iPhone 6. You know what I mean? It's like you, it's, it's, it's rooted in, in a love for the world, not in, not in a, a love for his kingdom. And so we ask, but we ask amiss. So, so we have to ask for the right things. And the joy that we can have is this, is that if we know that we're asking for the right thing, then we know that he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we have the things that we ask for. So let's evaluate our asking, church. Be, let's get a little bit more scientific about our asking even. Amen? Amen. Do you want to tap into the generosity of God? Some of you are looking at me like, ha. Ah. Do, you, do you want to tap into the generosity of God? Do you want to see this he, without finding fault thing? This, you want to experience this generous God? Examine your asking. Examine it. Write it down. What, what are you asking? What is it on that paper? And then ask the Holy Spirit to come and illuminate your asking. Ask him to come test your heart and see, am, are you, Lord, am I asking the right things here? Are there things on this paper that, that aren't here that should be here? Are there things that are here that actually don't really matter right now? And let my asking come in alignment with your will. And I know that when I pray according to your will, I have the things that I'm asking for. Because you're a generous God. And because the, the reference point for your generosity is, is Jesus. If you gave him, then how much more will you give these things? Church, listen, I don't know if you're getting this. You need to step into the generosity of God. So go examine your asking. Go sift through it. Go test it. All right? And let's see. And you'll see that he is a generous God. Amen. Thank you, front row. Let's, uh, I, want, I want us just to focus on one, one aspect of his generosity. Um, can you get, have you got a Bible? Can you go to Luke 23? And, and we'll just get there in a moment, okay? Luke 23. Luke 23, we'll get there in a moment. I'm going to get, show a couple other scriptures first. But I just want you to page there now so that when we get there, you're ready. Okay, are you there? Luke 23. Okay, great. <clears throat> okay. Let's focus on just one aspect of, of the generosity of God. And that is the aspect of, the fa- of, of Him going beyond what is expected. 
You know, if generosity is going beyond what is expected, sorry, then then how how does that work with God? What does that look like with God? Okay. How many of you know this scripture? In are you there, Luke twenty-three? Okay. Now focus over here. Leave your finger there. How many of you know the scripture in Galatians 6 verse 7? Can you read it for me? It says, You've heard that before? How many of you know that this is not only a principle, but it's like a law of the universe? It's like you can't escape this one, right? Whatever you sow is what you will. If you're a farmer and you plant apple seeds, what are you going to get? Apple trees, yes. Not applesauce. Who said applesauce? <laughs> if you plant potatoes, seeds, what are you going to get? Potatoes. Okay, it's, it's a natural principle. It's not, you know, when the Bible says this, it's actually just saying the obvious. This is like we know this, okay? This is, this is obvious to us. We see it in our everyday lives. Um, but not only is it a natural principle, it's also a spiritual principle. It's a principle that governs our lifestyles as well. In Hosea 8 verse 7, it says this. It says, if you sow into the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. And what it's saying is that if you live a lifestyle that is depending on temporary things, if you're sowing your time and your energy into careless living apart from God and apart from His Word and apart from His wisdom, then what will happen is you'll reap a whirlwind. You'll reap a life of calamity and disaster. Galatians 6 verse 8 says this, If you sow into your flesh, from the flesh you'll reap decay and ruin. But if you sow into your spirit, you'll from the spirit reap eternal life. So we have to examine where we're sowing. Okay? But it, so it applies not only to plants, but it applies to our life, our lifestyles, and what we're spending our time on. And the Bible says that it's not only what we sow that determines what we will reap. It also says this. It says, how you sow will determine how you reap as well. So in 2 Corinthians 6, 9 and verse 6, it says this. If you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. But if you sow generously, you will reap generously. So the measure you use will be the measure that comes back to you. In other words, come on, you know this. This is what your parents taught you. Okay? What you put in is what you... So didn't they say that when you're studying for exams all the time? All right, my boy, listen now. What you put in is what you... Turn the TV off. Come on, you've got to go put some in. You've got to go do some sewing if you want to have those good grades. What you put in is what you get out with your studies. What about your marriage as well? It just makes sense, doesn't it? If you're investing in your marriage and going on date nights and reading books together and investing and sewing, you're going to reap a, a great marriage. If you don't, what's going to happen? You're going to fail. <laughs> you're going to fail that test. It, it's the same with parenting. You know, we, we can't do remote control parenting. What you put in is what you... Why don't you nudge somebody next to you and tell them what you put in is what you get out. What you put in is what you get out. What about your finances? What you put in? What about your body? Your health? Ah. Yeah. Your, your, your... What you put in is what you get out. (laughs) Um, 
this, this principle of sowing and reaping, okay, this principle of sowing and reaping says this, is that, that you get what you deserve. Okay, that's what the principle says. Your life is a consequence of the choices you make. And how many of you know that that's, that's true, but it's really not nice? It's really not true. I mean, you, we, we, we understand it's true. You put in, you, you get out. But wouldn't you like a situation like this? You know, like look at this conversation here. In the end, it all works out. Everyone gets what they deserve. And you're like, but that's not fair. I want more than that. Isn't that true? Isn't that you at the end of it? We know there's this principle of sowing and reaping. We know that we, we weigh what we weigh because of the choices we made. We know after Christmas, we know that our marriage is where it's at because of the choices we make. We know our finances are at because of the choices we make. We know that we're reaping what we sow, but, but it's not a nice principle. Hey, come on. Is there anyone here who's real? Like, are you all justice freaks? Like, yes, get what we deserve. <laughs> Um, it's, it's a truth, but it's not that nice. It's not a nice truth, okay? Are you in Luke 23, verse 39? It says the following. Then one of the criminals, this is Jesus on the cross between two criminals. It says, then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. <laughs> But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive due reward of our deeds. We've sown, we're reaping. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me where? In paradise question did this guy get what he deserved no and the justice freaks are like ah, 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 ah. you're gonna go live your whole life like this and then when you're dying you're just gonna say something nice to jesus and now you you're in paradise i'm gonna see you there Ah, 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 ah. the justice freaks in us are like no ways that's he's not getting what he deserves this this principle of sowing and reaping is being interrupted by something else by another principle he didn't get what he deserved there are other examples in scripture what about the prodigal son dad can i have my inheritance i i I feel like i need to go to ibiza (laughs) gets the money and he goes and he blows it on party after party and fancy stuff and fancy stuff. Eventually, he's sowing into the whirlwind. I mean, he's sowing into the wind, so he's going to reap a whirlwind. He ends up eating with the pigs. He's getting what he deserves. He's sown, and now he's reaping. Then he comes to his senses and thinks, well, my dad's servants live better than this. Maybe I'll just go home and be a servant. I won't be a son anymore. I don't deserve that anymore. He goes home. What does the father do? New ring on his finger, new robes on him, new shoes on his feet, slays the, the, the fatted calf, throws a huge party for him. Did he deserve that? No. God gave him what he 
didn't deserve. He sowed one thing and he reaped. God interrupted the law of sowing and reaping and gave this guy what he didn't. There's so many other examples. Matthew, did he deserve to be a disciple? Saul, did he deserve to be an apostle? Did Peter deserve to be after, you know, denying Jesus three times? Did he deserve? He sowed one thing. Did did he reap what he, no, he didn't. What about the woman caught in adultery? In the act of adultery. There she is. She's, according to the law, she should be stoned. But at the hands of Jesus, what does she get? She gets mercy. She gets grace. She does, she's sown one thing, but she actually reaps another thing. And so the Bible teaches the sowing and reaping principle. But it also teaches us that God sometimes interrupts that principle. God actually is not bound by the sowing and reaping principle. If God had to give all of us what we deserve, we would get death. The Bible says this. It says the wages of sin is, but the gift of God is, but the generosity of God is that he gives us what we, he gives beyond the expected. We have a certain expectation because we're sowing, because we're sowing, because we're doing certain things. But he gives us beyond that expectation. He gives us more than what we deserve. He gives us what we don't deserve, and he does give us what we didn't earn. Um, why does he do it? Because he's generous with us. He's extremely generous with us. Which is... Which is quite an amazing thing for us just to grasp this morning. And this is, this is where I just feel like we're going to emphasize a moment here. Is that with God, you can reap more than what you sow. With God, you can reap more than what you sow. Why? Because He's, he's generous and He's above the law of sowing and reaping. So, so this is what you and I need to start stepping into. Okay, is, is you might be in a situation today where you're thinking, okay, I really want to do this thing in life. And so, Lord, I'm going to save 10 rand every month. That's all I can save. I know that by the end of this year, with the interest rate that I'm getting at whatever it is, like minus one, no, it's probably about three, four percent or whatever. With that interest rate, I'm going to have, Malcolm, 123 rand. <laughs> You know, but, but I need a thousand rand, Lord. This is, you will reap 123 rand because you've sown how much? 10 rand every month with interest, okay? With small interest rate. You get what you deserve. You get what you put in. But there's another law higher than that. And it's the law of the generosity of God. And it says this, it says that with faith, in him, you can actually reap more than what you put in, than what you sow. And we see this everywhere in the Bible, that people sow and they reap more than what they sow. Why? Because God is a generous God. And he loves to interrupt this principle of sowing and reaping and give beyond what is expected, what we expect. He wants to do that in our lives. And some of you are looking at me like, like, like a frog, like just... Really? Are you, is what you're saying in the Bible? Yes, it's true. 
you need to start thinking of God like this. Some of you, okay, we're having a moment. Some of us are under the bondage of the sowing and reaping principle of this, that's, that's at place in this world. We're under the bondage of it. What I mean by that is, is that outside of your ability, you can't see the supernatural. You can't see God. All you can see is the natural, and you're bound by this principle, you, and life becomes really hard. It becomes really disappointing. It becomes really tough because you, you, you have no hope. Because all you do is you sow and you know what you're going to get back. And it's not much what you're going to get back because you know the law of sowing and reaping. And you put in and you know you're only going to get this much out. And you hope this because you can't get past that level in life. With God, He likes to interrupt this principle. Why? Because He's generous. And He likes to give us more than what we expect or what we're expecting. I... I'm, I'm here this morning to ignite some faith in you. Okay, that's why I'm here. This is what this whole message is about. This is what I feel like God is trying to emphasize in us as a people this morning. Is He wants the lights to go on. He wants you to see that it's not only about your strength. It's not only about the qualifications you have or you don't have. You might be sitting here thinking, well, I can never get the job I really want because I can't get the qualification that I want and I can't get the qualification that I want because the job that I'm currently in doesn't pay me enough and I can't study because I don't have the time to study and I can't afford the fees to study. Therefore, I can't have the life that I really want to have. Where's God? Where is the generosity of God in this picture? You're under the bondage of the sowing and reaping principle. And it is a law, it's true. But there's another truth. That God likes to give what we don't deserve. He likes to give us things just because He's generous. Just because He's kind. And for some of you, that's a bit strange because you've never experienced this in your life. You grew up in a family where it was what you put in is what you get out. Nothing more. You, you know, as soon as you're earning money, you're paying rent. And everything's tough and everything's hard. And you, you know that you have to work hard and, and you live by that language. You work hard, you'll get far in life, you know? And it's true. You, and those things are, those things are all true and they're absolutely true. But there's another true. And it's not either or, it's both and. Okay, it's both and. It's like we don't just throw out sowing and reaping. Woo! <laughs> I'll just kind of live like I want to live. I'm going to plan. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to do what I want. God's just going to bless me, man. Daddy, you know? No, okay? He's put these principles in place, and the Word continually tells us to, to look out for these principles. However, there's another truth. And that truth, we need to take that truth and intertwine it into our lives so that we can see the two working together. This is what God wants for us. Heck, guys, you can reap with God. You can reap more than what you've sown. You can even reap where you haven't sown. You just can. It's just, a, it's just true. That's what he, you can even reap what you haven't sown for. Ah, oh, man. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're getting this. You know... Thousands of people followed Jesus out into the wilderness. Every single one of them forgot their lunch. <laughs> Except one little boy who actually, he didn't forget his lunch, his mother, smart mom. Smart mom packed him in lunch and he took his lunch. 
But every single, those thousand people follow Jesus into the hills and they're listening to Jesus. All of them deserve to go hungry because they didn't plan ahead. They didn't think ahead. They didn't think I'm going to be there all day. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't pack. They didn't, so they deserve to go hungry. And if you were there and you had the lunch packet, you'll be thinking, yeah, you didn't think ahead. You can go hungry. Me, I'm smart. I think ahead. I forecast. I plan. <laughs> yeah, you must learn. You must learn. You must learn. Don't we grow up like that, hey? Isn't this the language of the world we live in? You know, I, I hope that we, his generosity will change us and make us more generous. That we will give people what they don't deserve as well. Like that bank teller, you know, just gave that guy a smile. You didn't deserve that. Gave him patience, gave him kindness, gave him time. You know, you didn't deserve that. Just gave it. You know, we, we would give people like that. Amen? So what does Jesus do? He multiplies the bread. Everybody has lunch. And there's 12 baskets left over. One for every unbelieving disciple, you know, to carry home. The, why was there more than? Why was there more than? Why does David say, my cup runneth over? You know, if, if, if I pour your cup up, I fill your cup with juice, and it starts running over, we say that's wastage. God says, no, that's abundance. That's me. Psalm 65 says this, his paths drip with abundance. That means like wherever he walks, there's abundance. There's more than enough. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Last scripture. Can, it, can we close? We're going to close with this. We're going to close with this. Last scripture. Last scripture. Are you still with me? Okay. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're getting this. Matthew 6.25. Are you there? It's coming up. Therefore, I say to you, last scripture, are you still okay? Okay. Just check the person next to you. Say, are you okay? Just ask them this morning, <laughs> do you believe in the generosity of God? Do you believe it? Okay. 6 verse 25, it says this. Therefore, I say to you, he's talking to you. Do not worry about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, nor about your body, what clothes you're going to wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither, say it, sow, nor, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You know the thing about birds is they have absolutely no regard for the principle of sowing and reaping. They don't care about it. They wake up every day. They go cruising. They find food. They eat the food. And then they go to sleep. And then they wake up and they repeat every single day. They don't have worm farms. They don't have silos where they're, they're storing up worms for like a rainy day. They don't forecast the weather to check the worm harvest that year and how it's going to be. If the temperature changes with birds, they just leave. <laughs> they're just like, oh, it's changed. Let's go. 
And, and when they leave, they don't phone ahead and they don't like say, you guys up north, are there worms up there? We, we're coming from the south. We've had a great time. You know, we, 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 we just want to know, is it safe that side? Can, can I bring the family along? Can I, can I bring the kids? Is there going to be enough there? They don't, they, they don't even think like that. They have absolutely no regard for this, this principle. They live for today. How do, we, how do you and I live? Completely different. Hey, I mean, we're, we, 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 we're focused. We're, we're forecasting. We're planning. We're saving. We're watching markets. We're watching interest rates. We're checking exchange rates. We're like, we're always thinking ahead. What's going to happen to the pension funds? What's this, the new thing? This, the government's changing. What's the, how's that going to impact my life? We're always forecasting. We're always planning. We're always thinking about saving. We're always thinking, am I going to be okay? Let me phone ahead. Let me check if it's better on the other side. We're always thinking like that. And I don't think Jesus is telling us we mustn't do that. What I think he's emphasizing is this, is that you, there's, there's another principle to sowing and reaping, and it's this, is that you have a father, and he values you, and he's generous, and if, even if you don't cover all the bases all of the time, he will catch you. And you do your best with the sowing and reaping principle, but have faith that you got a dad. Have faith that he can catch you when you fall in a place which you didn't see coming. Which is good news, because some of you might be there today. You might be in a place where you are, you know, you didn't see this coming and, and you're reaping. But let me just say this. You don't have to stay there, because you've got a dad who can pick you up. He can pull you out of that place. He's above the law of sowing and reaping. He's above it. And he loves to show generosity to us. Amen. Come, let's stand to our feet. I'm done. I'm done. Let's just pray for a moment.